Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, welcome into the Crimson and Gray podcast. This is your annual therapy session, and it's been going on for seven years. So if you're just... Joining us for the very first time, my name is Jason Puckett. I'm joined along with Paul Sorensen, who is an All-American safety at Washington State and a member of the Washington State Cougars Hall of Fame. And so uh, if you're a Cougar fan, obviously you are. You wouldn't be listening to this. Lie down on the couch and you're here for the next 30, 40 minutes. Uh, We will all talk through this together because it's another Apple Cup. It's another glorious game in which uh, the Cougars cannot pull it off. And now it's been seven straight years uh, since the Cougars have won that game. And six straight years against uh, Chris Peterson and Jimmy Lake. We'll get into that because now no more will there be Chris Peterson on the sideline, but there will be still uh, a Jimmy Lake. Uh, Before we get there, though, Paul, uh, hopefully you had a a tremendous Thanksgiving. Did you stuff yourself uh, to the gills? I am, and I'm I'm moving over here as we speak. It was was awesome. Got to go down to San Diego and hang out with my brother and his family and Really enjoyed it. We did a Cajun Thanksgiving, which Ooh. is, you know, a little etouffee. And, uh, you know, they, they, they do the turkey. It's not a traduction, you know, which is goofy. But it's it's the deep fried one. And then mm. uh, you've got cornbread and just all sorts of beignets. And, yeah, oh, man, it was, yeah. I, I did not lose. Let me just put it this way. I did not come back skinnier than when I flew down there, okay? So we, we definitely put on the feed bag, and uh, it was awesome. And I would recommend Cajun uh, Thanksgivings to anybody. All right. Before, there's a lot to, to unpack here. I mean, we'll kind of, I don't know, we'll do it. Maybe we save a, a podcast later for kind of the, the overall look at the program. Maybe we'll, I think it's something we'll continue to do maybe throughout the year, every every now and again. Uh, but let's, uh, and we'll get to Peterson stepping down, Jimmy Lake taking over, rumors <laughs> flying around uh, with Mike Leach everywhere. There was a rumor that was immediately out there right before actually Peterson, Old Miss, that that was a, a fake Twitter account. But let's let's talk about the game. You couldn't have gotten a better start to the Apple Cup, Paul. That that's that's the start that everybody who uh, who wears crimson and gray has been begging for for the past six years. Yeah, first touchdown uh, in the first quarter in six years. First touchdown in the first quarter. They've kicked some field goals. They've never taken a lead. Think about that, mm. Buck. No lead in the first quarter, and and WSU went right down the field. Great drive, Anthony Gordon. You know he he did what he did. Max Borgie played well. And the thing that drives me crazy scores on, you know, on a touchdown run, they're up seven or nothing. And then also you could just see kind of the, the latches on the, on the case, just snap shut as, as basically the, the Husky defense then figured out the speed, figured out what WSU was going to do. Basically said, go ahead. I dare you, dare you, dare you run the football because you're not going to beat us doing that. And guess what? They, uh, the Cougs threw 62 times and, they didn't run the football, and so they lose the football game. Gordon did throw for 308 yards. He is the first quarterback to throw for over 300 yards in, in five years uh, against you know Chris Peterson and Jimmy Lake's defense, and and yet it still didn't matter. There were two throws in there that were awful. There was that fumble you know, down on the 10-yard line in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. that killed 
you know, the Cougs, you can't settle for field goals against this Husky team, which Washington State did twice. And I will say this, you know, WSU gave up a couple of big plays, the long pass down the middle, the 16-yard touchdown pass that was a dime by Eason, you know, over in the corner. But overall, I thought the I thought the, the Cougar defense did a nice job. They got, you know, got a, got a turnover, you know, was able to rip the ball out to make a play you know, do some things along those lines. They gave the offense a chance to win the game. In my opinion, in this football game, it was the offense that cost Washington. I, uh, I agree with you. I mean, it, you would have told me before the game, I always love, love when we do this. You would have told me before the game, I would have taken it. But uh, it's true. If you would have told me before the Apple Cup, if if someone would have run up to me in the parking lot at Husky Stadium and said, Savon Ahmed is going to get 92 yards on the ground. Overall, Washington's going to rush for 115. And Jacob Eason's going to throw for 244 yards. I, I would have said, that. well, they won the game. They're, they're, they're going to yeah. win. Uh, I, I thought the defense, for what the defense has been this year in every game, uh, I thought the defense uh, uh, played wonderfully and, and had opportunities. Uh, they were let down by their offense uh, because their offense um, – they got impatient, uh, which is mind-boggling to me that a coaching staff can't see the success that they had on that first drive and say to themselves, this is the way you beat them. And we talked about it last week on the podcast. This is how you beat them. You dink and dunk them, and you challenge them to come out of their two safeties. You just challenge them to do it. And if they do, then you can hit them down the field. And uh, they didn't come out of it. And Washington State blinked first, and they and they started to try and hold on to the ball and throw it downfield, and uh, that's where they got in trouble. And it it just it's infuriating to me. I just don't get it. If some neophyte of a football fan like myself can see how easy it really is, I don't know why they can't see it. Well, and, and the disappointing part, Puck, and I and I totally understand because I felt the same way, and I was probably yelled at the screen. You know, at the same time you were. But, you know, Washington State only scored 13 points. And so after the first drive, they had two field goals. That was it. So they basically tied to the fewest points, uh, you know, in a game since the 2017 loss to California down there that the absolute wheels blew off in that game. Uh, You know, and again, you've got another coach that, uh, you know, at California that knows how to stop the air raid because he started it. Uh, when he was a defensive coordinator at Washington and then took it over when he was the head coach of Cal. So Cougs were averaging 41 points a game coming in. Gordon had thrown for 45 touchdowns. He still has 45 touchdowns because he didn't throw for a touchdown in this game. And basically, uh, you know, and, and, and he had thrown for 11 touchdowns in the two games previous to that. So I, I, it, it's frustrating to me because, you know, in, in fact, Here's another thing. We talked about wrinkles, and I know Mike is into what Mike does. It's all about execution and doing it better than the other team. But right now, the Washington defense on defense is doing better than the Washington State offense on yeah. offense. So that means you've got to change some things up. Remember the fullback they had, Clay uh, Marco, I think was his Markoff, name. Markoff, yeah. Yeah, I love that kid. And, and basically in both the spring and in the fall, they had run him in an H-back situation. They had run him in an I situation. You come out and run an ISO or put an H-back in motion or even a fly sweep in there, that's all part of the offense. That's all within the mix of what Washington State can do, and they don't do it. It would have gotten the Huskies a little uncomfortable, gotten them a little bit out of their rhythm. But as the game went on, the Husky defense with Jimmy Lake and Kritkowski and company, the co-coordinators, basically just closed the, the door even harder 
each and every drive. They got better and better because they recognized routes. They were able to fly around. They played man under, rush three, occasionally bring a little bit of pressure. But their three rushing was better than Washington State's front five, and basically that was the ball. Are you, so I, I want to go back to that. Are you telling me in the spring and stuff that you saw – they actually had they had a different offensive formation that they ran him as a true fullback, and they had different yeah. they had different stuff. Well, then what? Why why not do that in this game or a game against Cal? And I'll be honest with you, is he is he hurt? Because I, I haven't no. seen him on the field for a long no, time since the beginning of the season. He was on the sidelines for the Apple Cup. He was banged up, you know, during the year. He's a great kid, and they. And I think he's a little frustrated, too, from the standpoint that there was opportunity for him to come in and contribute and do stuff that was in the game. It wasn't in the game plan, but it was in the mix because it's been practiced. So it's not throwing your offense out, changing it, coming in, you know, and, and running the veer. You're doing something you've practiced. Throw it into the game. The other thing, when Gordon comes up to the line of scrimmage, remember, at nauseum we've talked about this, he, he gets an offensive play call, which is a pass. There's a run option on every single play. The quarterback has to trigger it. He threw the ball 62 times. That falls on his shoulders, okay? It also falls on the, on the offensive coaching staff. You know, not to say when we have three in the box, run the freaking football. You've got to run the ball if you have a chance. Because And then you saw Borgie get beat up because they'd go to him late in the flat. Right. By that time, the linebackers would just stone him, you know, and then and there was chances to run, to make some plays, to keep drives alive, to keep basically Washington on their heels, and they didn't take advantage. Of I just thought it, I just think it's it's to me, and again, I, I thought it was just so. That's why I loved the first drive, and why they just didn't go back to that where it was he would take the ball, he'd look quickly downfield, but he quickly quickly got the ball out of his hands into the flat. I was disappointed. I wanted to see more of McIntosh and Borgie in the game at the same time to execute that game plan. The weakest part of UW's defense was their linebackers. It has been all year long, and they just did not take advantage of that. And and I agree, it's on Gordon as well. I, I think Gordon got impatient because he's a quarterback. He wants to make a big wow play downfield. Uh, but again, it's and I agree, it's, it's on the offensive coaches to just recognize that let them blink first. If they start to creep some of their safeties up, I mean, they, they're just daring you to run this same type of offense. Um, and it, it just, uh, you know, I, I don't get it. it it's, um, you know, and I think the other part of it is, you know, after that, the second drive, which they went not three and out, but they ended up going, uh, well, maybe they went three and out. Uh, they picked up a quick first down and then I think had a punt. And then Washington goes down to score. Then they have another good drive. You know, another long sustained drive where they get first and goal at the eight yard line. I mean, first and goal at the eight yard line, and your best player doesn't touch the bleeping ball. Like I, know. I, I just, I, I, I don't understand it, and it is just no one does. And and a guy who, again, I think he is an offensive, I would, whatever you want to call him, a genius, mastermind. He has authored an offense that has withstood time and a lot of programs, high school. College, NFL runs it. But uh, it's inexcusable to me at first down and goal from the eight, second and goal from the three-yard line, that you don't give it to him or find something to get him involved. And uh, you settle for a field goal, and uh, I know it gave him a lead, but uh, you know at least it was deflating to have that long of a drive, have first and goal from the eight, and uh, you know sitting, I probably echoed something that many other people echoed, was you just you can't settle for field goals against these guys. You'll you'll lose. 
And well, and the other big the other big uh, story in this deal was losing Arcanado. Sure. You know, he had he had four catches uh, for 35 yards on that drive, and then he doinked up his shoulder. He's been battling issues all season long. Give the guy credit for playing playing hurt, trying to suck it up, and then he didn't come back. You know, he was Craycraft. Uh, you know, you look at what Craycraft did. You know, when Falk was there, he was his go-to guy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And, and, of course, he's playing in the National Football League now. I don't know if Arcanado's got the foot speed, you know, to be an NFL guy, but he's got the it factor, and the it factor is he gets open. And he basically becomes a huge crutch. If he would have continued trending, I mean, that was on the first drive, for goodness sakes. You know, he's going to have a 12 to 14 catch, 145, 50-yard game. When's the last time WSU's had a 100-yard receiver? you know, against the Huskies. And so he opened that middle up and, and basically that the outside receivers absolutely disappeared in this game, you know, and it, and it became a game where, you know, there was chances to throw where Borgie got the ball a ton. McIntosh got the ball out of the backfield, but the Huskies would just come back and counter with a run and use those two big tight ends that basically shredded, you know, the, the Cougar defense and really hurt Washington state. So Washington state had a chance to use their inside receivers like Washington used their tight ends. And when you lose a guy that you have so much confidence in in Arcanado, I think that really, you know, knocked the skis out from underneath Washington State, and that really hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I hope to, you know, I, I want to pray and, and ho- pray. I'm not, a re- actually, I'm not very a religious man, Paul, but but I, I want to hope for a day that, that he ever, he evolves and uh, and changes it up. But, but I just don't think he's ever going to. He's, he's never going to change. Um, he's going to keep running this system, and again, it's effective. I mean, it, you know, the, it's. I think it's specific to. It's just not two safeties dropping back. I mean, obviously, it's not. It's not that simplistic because if it were, every team in the conference uh, would do it. They have success against every other team, uh, minus Washington, and to a degree, uh, Cal. But Washington has just their hand signals, their verbiage, they're practicing it every day because it's a rivalry game. They they want to make a statement. And and right now Washington State uh, can't uh, can't get it done. You know the one thing is, and so we we get to a, a similar result. And again, I know there's a coaching change uh, at Washington, but the guy that's taking over the program is the guy that's running the defense. And the reason you've lost all these games is because of your defense. So I'll be honest with you, I've had some Cougar fans celebrate. Well, finally, my, Chris Peterson's out. Well, the guy taking over is the main reason why we've lost uh, six straight or six to these six to that current team, seven overall, is because of of, of the defense. So. Right? I don't. I don't think it's ever going to change that now that Jimmy Lake is now the head coach. If anything, it'll be more of an emphasis. And you also have to understand the Huskies rushing three sacked Gordon five times. Joe Tyron had two of those sacks. And what they did, I was watching, kind of interesting. They would move the nose guard off the nose over between the guard and tackle, and then they would widen the end, and then they would play. They would stunt. So nose guard would go right, end would go left. They'd twist, then they then they'd wait a second, then they'd bring a linebacker or a nickel or whatever, and they would, they would then shoot the gap. And so 
So the Cougar offensive line would pick up the three guys and then they'd forget about the blitzer and he'd run in and make Gordon look like, uh, you know, me trying to run right now. He had about a nine flat to 40 yard speed and he was limping around at the end of the game, along with Borgie who got hurt, you know, Arcanado got hurt. Why? Because the defense was teeing off, you know, on, on, on the Washington state offense. And so they played a lot of games up front, even though they were rushing three, they just weren't staying in their lanes. They were playing, they were stunning. They were looping. They would take two blockers that would free up, up an alley that would allow then somebody to kind of delay blitz and then come in there. Very smart game plan. And, and Cougar fans, you may be happy. I, I think Chris Peterson's a hell of a coach and he's also a heck of a man. And it's, it's, it's sad for the PAC 12 to lose a quality coach like Chris Peterson, but it just shows you the burnout at this level. And it shows you, you know, the intensity and, and the stuff that these guys have to put up with, you know, with all the social media, with the regular media, with yeah. all the different things, that come into play. Chris Peterson was worn out. Jimmy Lake is, is a younger dude I've known since high school. I knew Jimmy Lake when he was at North Central. He was he was one of our first guys to at, at the College Football Foundation. Uh, we had a, a banquet every year to honor scholar athletes in the region, and he was our back of the year the very first year we did it. Uh, you know, Meathy, who was a, a high school uh, coach, went out to Whitworth. He was our lineman of the year. Greg Rack was a longtime uh, college defensive coordinator went to Colorado and played football. He was our Ray Flaherty award winner. So he, this is a guy that's elevated every program that he's been at, whether it's North Central High School, Eastern Washington, where he spent, you know, at time as a player, he was a scholar athlete guy there. Then he spent five years, two of those years as a grad assistant, three years as a defensive back coach. When Mike Kramer was coaching there, unbelievable job he did. Then he's gone on to the National Football League as a coach. He is a really good coach. And the other thing is, he gets the rivalry. He's an Eastern Washington yeah. guy that hates Washington State, and he's going to shove it. You know, and Three. I think, and I think that's part of, um, you know, I think that's part what probably bothers a lot of people who have ties to, to Washington State. Now, you didn't have ties to Washington State until you you went there. You're a Bay Area kid. Now you went to school there. That, but it's now it's in your blood. You know, I, I think as I look at as kind of a a, a macro view of it. I think where the problem I have and why they have not sustained a lot of success in this series is, one, Washington has been really good. They've figured out the system and all that. Uh, but if you go and look at the at the roster at Washington State, it is not littered with a bunch of kids from, Washington, from the state. Uh, there's actually very few kids from the state of Washington that are on this team. Uh, a lot of kids from California, a lot of kids from Florida, a lot of kids from different states. Texas. Uh, Texas, you look at the current class uh, that they're about to sign right now, committed is one kid from Washington. One. Um, I, I think that plays a part into it. You're not recruiting kids in this. There is a lot of talent in the state of Washington. All right. It may not, it's not, you know, four and five star talent. You may not get those guys. They're going to go elsewhere. But there's a plenty of kids that are three star, maybe even a two star that ends up being a three star. A lot of kids going up to Eastern. Uh, who go play football in Eastern, you know, is a damn good football team. Yeah. You know, and I think you've got to, what I always appreciate about the, the previous coaches, especially Price and those guys, is they recruited those guys who ultimately wanted to go to Washington, but Washington didn't deem those guys good enough. And so they didn't go to Washington. And I think specifically of a Marcus Trufant. He wanted to go to UW. He, he said it before, but they didn't think he was right. good enough. Well, then uh, Levin Seller, Mike Levin Seller, is a great recruit, slipped in. You know, that's the other thing. They're they're missing a guy that can recruit Tacoma, which Tacoma was a great 
a great hotbed oh, of talent. He was a Curtis High School Tacoma yeah. guy. And, and you know? so they don't get these guys on their team that have a chip on their shoulder because they weren't recruited by the Huskies. That plays into the rivalry. You have a chip on your shoulder. You have animosity towards them. You want to prove them wrong. When you have a bunch of kids from California and Florida, all great kids, and, and you keep recruiting that area, they don't have any animosity towards the school. They, they don't know anything about Washington. And then I think the other part of that too, Paul, is you have no one on your staff from the state. Right. I mean, unless exactly. I'm wrong, unless I'm wrong about that, but I don't think they have a no. single coach that's from the state of Washington. Well, and you you go back to Jim Walden when he was coaching there. You had Gary Gagnon that coached with uh, Jack Thompson in high school at Evergreen High School, for goodness sakes. And you know, Ken Woody was a he, he played at Oregon. He was a kicker, but he's a Washington guy. You know, you you started seeing coaches you know, that, that, that were from Washington State, that recruited Washington State. Jim Walden always said he loved to get the, the beef from the state of Washington and the speed from California, okay? And you're exactly right. There's a lot of guys. Eric Coleman was another player that came out of Lewis and Clark High School. I coached him in high school. You know, and, and he, he had two offers, or actually three. University of Idaho, Oregon State, didn't like the culture down in Corvallis, and Washington State. Chris Paul recruited him. He came in, broke his hand. He was in that same uh, – uh, a camp that Trufant was at, he broke his hand. He was the defensive player, or actually, I think he was the offensive player of the camp, and Trufant was the defensive player, and they both got offered uh, after that camp. And that's how they found out about Eric Coleman. So you're, there's stories like that. Jason Hansen, who just got inducted mm-hmm. into the you know College Football Hall of Fame, who's an unbelievable player, went to Mead High School, you know, would kick footballs and soccer balls over his house for practice. Dennis Erickson recruited him. He walked on, had a competition, they started at the 40-yard line. There were six kickers. Whoever was the winner was going to get the scholarship. Hanson made it. The other five guys, you know, maybe half made it, moved back to 45. Hanson made it, moved back to 50. Hanson made it. Nobody else did. Went to 55. He made it. Went to 60. He made it. Went to 65. He made it. They scholarshiped him on the field. Okay? So there's stories like that. Shane Doyle. I mean, you can go right down yeah. the list of guys that have come out of this area, that have come out of the state of Washington, you know, that have either walked on, had a chip on their shoulder, were maybe on the bubble, could have been a big sky guy, could have been a lower-level Pac-12 or Pac-10 guy. They ended up at Washington State, and they played with a chip. You absolutely nail it when it comes to talking about the rivalry. I didn't understand it until my junior year when I finally got a chance to play because I was a JC transfer when Scott Pelour made it really clear that you better beat Washington because that's my rival, and you better figure out how to play your butt off because if not, you're going to have to deal with me in the locker room. I got I got that message loud and clear. Yeah, I, I just think that I think that's a big problem. I mean, I just I think it's it's one of the problems that um, that I think is is happened with this staff. I mean, it, listen, they they have great success here, and it's always a touchy subject when you bring up when you bring up Mike Leach, and and I don't. I don't think anyone loses their job or you should move on from anyone based on just one game. Uh, but it is a game that, you know, especially when it comes to when it comes to winning, you know, uh, your division, uh, that you've got to get through them. That is clearly right now. I mean, Oregon's in the mix. Oregon and Stanford will be there as well. But, you know, Washington has been the team that, is, that has been in your way of, of winning a, a North division and getting to the Pac-12 championship. And, and I don't want to dismiss what Mike has done. And, and I'm not doing it. I mean, in the eight years since he's been here, the 55 and 46, he's 36 and 36 in the conference. The previous eight years, and God bless him, Paul Wolf and, and and I liked the Paul Wolf hire at the time. I mean, I did and because um, yep. I thought he would bring, you know, that that what I just talked about. 
the you know being from the state, playing there, understand. Well, he's not from the state, but he played there. He was coaching at Eastern. But you know the, the previous eight years before Mike Leach, they were twenty nine and sixty six. They were fifteen and fifty five in the Pac twelve. They were probably the most irrelevant program in in college football. So the job that Mike Leach has done is is unbelievable. I think it's the one of the best coaching jobs maybe in college football that we've that we've seen in twenty thirty years. What he's done there. Uh, but you know, I wonder, Paul, have we have we reached a plateau with him? You know, I wrote, it's funny you say that because I wrote an article on Coug Fan talking just about that, talking about the doomsayers saying the Cougs need a reality check if Mike Leach leaves. And and you just mentioned why the program is in such better speed now because of, of what's happened. Bill Moose put together a 61 million. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cougar football complex. And people say, well, he tried to bankrupt the darn school. That's not the case. You can you can go back and look at the promises that the Pac-12 network made to all 12 schools about revenue that was coming in. And they had to compete. They had to. There was an arms race going on in the conference. You, all you have to do is look at Husky Stadium, which is brand new. Look at what Oregon is doing, not only with the, with the football, basketball, indoor practice facility, but Hayward Field, for goodness sakes. It's going through a $35 million facelift. It's unbelievable. You look at Oregon State. They're doing their third expansion and enhancement uh, you know of the stadium because of the Reister family and what they've been able to do and Washington State did a 61 million dollar football complex you know in the end zone then they did another 65 million dollar you know uh, football uh, facility to improve the you know the, the sky boxes the press box you know all of that kind of stuff then then they put together a conference schedule that gave them a chance so instead of going to the Michigans or the Ohio States Notre Dames Tennessees Oklahoma's you know, Oklahoma State, the Auburns of the world, they're playing the Portland States, Eastern Washington, the Colorado's states, the Boise states, you know, the teams where they have a chance to beat on an beat up on an FCS team, maybe a, a mid-level, uh, you know, power five team, and then from time to time play a BYU and a, you know, a, a Utah state and, and, and schools like that. They have Nebraska, I'm sorry, they have Wisconsin coming up in 2022 for a home and home. Be interesting to see if Wisconsin ever comes out. And I mentioned all those schools, those power five schools, none of them played Washington state in Pullman. None of them. I had to play those body bag games when I was going yeah. to school there. Trust me. That's not a lot of fun. It's a great experience going to Tennessee in front of 106,000 people that are all orange and a big horsey that runs around the field. But if, if, when everything's said and done, we came out of there with a loss and a big paycheck. So that's not the way to get to the bowl game. Cougs won three non-conference games this year. They won three games, you know, in league play. Those six games were enough for those guys to get to the next level. So scheduling has been important. Having a football complex has been important. Having a president and Kirk Schultz and an athletic director and Pat Chun that backs this program, that gives them a chance. It's out fundraising. That's got Mike Leach's back. And then the current state of the program that you just mentioned about wins. So, People that think that we, you know, can you do better than a Mike Leach? You don't know until that happens. Yeah. But Mike Leach has done a hell of a job of elevating this program and making it a better job because of what he's done because the Air Raid is now a national brand.
Right. I agree. I mean, I just, you know, I'm just quickly, um, I'm quickly looking just at, and again, I, it, it, ratings are one thing. And, you know, and I'm looking at, um, at 247sports.com, just looking at kids where they're ranked at in terms of, of stars uh, in the state of Washington. There, there, are, there is a group of kids right now from, from uh, three star kids. Uh, ranked uh, in the state from number nine, the uh, from Sawyer Rankelly, Rankinelli, I believe is it. He's the wide receiver out of Hawkinson. Nine through, and I think the last kid, it's nine through seventy. Give me a second, seventy-two, or excuse me, seventy-three. All right, so almost uh, what sixty, almost sixty-three players or so, sixty-two players, or sixty-four players that are three-star recruits uh, in the state of Washington. Uh, the Cougars have exactly one committed, one, one of 64 kids in this state that the, the you know the quote experts whatever you want to call them rank these kids. One is committed to Washington a State, and I believe the Huskies have like three or four committed. Like th- this well, is the let's, this let's is the honest, type of the stuff. Are gonna get the dudes. This is the, get the four and five star guys. This is the five. type of stuff that re- just right just drives me crazy. I mean, you got you've got kids. You know, and again, I, I don't want to say this to come down on the kids because I think the kids can decide wherever they want to go. It's it's their lives. I'm not trying to lead their lives, but but you have kids, you know, who you know, one kid is committed to Air Force, another kid is committed to these are three star kids committed to Montana, a couple one kids can co- you know committed to Harvard and Yale, and you're not going to turn that down. Here's a three star kid out of out of Camas High School, this Caleb Jordan kid. Uh, who's going to be playing the state championship this week? He's committed to Idaho. You, you're telling me a six-three-one-ninety? I, I don't know. I think he's a dual. I think he's a quarterback. But we can't convert him to something else. He can't play safety. He can't play D, uh, a, a DB. And just hey, do you want to come play in the? Listen, I love Idaho. Where would he rather play? Idaho or the Pac-12? Another three-star kid committed to Utah State, Wyoming, Montana State, Eastern. Uh, no disrespect to Eastern. It's a great program. Boise, Nevada. This is the st- I think this is a fundamental problem when it comes to that game. You're not recruiting kids in this state who probably want to go to Washington, but hey, I'll take Washington State as a backup. And then they, they were overlooked by Washington, so then they have um, the chip on their shoulder, um, and, and that needs to change. Uh, from personally, right. for me. Well, and then you just look look at the strong recruiters for WSU. Where's Steve Spurrier from? Florida. East Coast. Yeah. Where does he go back to? Right. Florida. Right. East Coast. Rock Bell and Tony came in from Buffalo. I'm sure there's just a bevy of dudes yeah. that are hanging out there. You know, so hey, a lot of these guys, uh, Jeff Phelps, he's a Minnesota guy. So he was a Midwest guy, Chicago, Minnesota, Nebraska, Colorado, they creep into, you know, and then you got Kendrick, uh, you know, the, the corners coach. And then, of course, uh, you know, you, you just you, you look at the different guys. They, one kid came from Utah State. You know, so he's good at recruiting in California. He's good at recruiting in Utah. If you don't have the contacts, and you go back to the Mike, you know, the Mike Price era, the, the Bill Doba, you had Tim Rosenbaugh, you know, on that staff was an yes. offensive coordinator. Was a Pullman High School guy. You had Levenseller, was a Curtis High School guy that you know that that played at Washington State. There need you know, to be- and, and here's yeah. the other: you you, you can't in, in terms of the three star, the four star, the five star guy, Puck. And if you're a West, you're a West Side guy. All you hear is Washington, Washington, Washington growing up, okay? Right. So the emphasis that you don't have to do a big recruiting job. Maybe the kids 
the parents, whatever it happens to be, went and played there. So when it comes to recruiting and going to a school and there's familiarity, you've got the nauseum of just husky, husky, husky all the time, an occasional cougar thing in there. You know, people, we've lived on the west side. We hear it all the time. I totally get it. You're, it's a constant PR blitz that you have to put up with. And if you get a guy that's 50-50, 99% of the time, if they're a four- and five-star guy, where are they going to go? Yeah. UW. They're going to play for the Huskies. Yeah, I, I just think that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we're kind of we're kind of saying the same thing. I think I think it's a I think a fundamental problem when it comes to that game in particular. You know, I don't think there's too many states that that. I mean, I get you know I get the connections of Florida. They obviously have a connection to Florida, which is fine, and and the San Francisco JC that they go to. Uh, but you can recruit Washington. You can recruit uh, California for your your speed and all of that. Um, but but you need to find. You know the 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 Will Dirtings, um, you know the, those guys like that. Steve Gleason, you uh, you know you the story need those Will Dirting, don't you? What? Fuck, you know the story how the Cougars recruited Will Dirting? No, give it to me. He didn't have a phone. They, Bill Doba would tell his relatives that you know his his aunt and uncle lived two miles away. They would come up and get Will, and Bill Doba or, 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 or I'm sorry, Mike Price would call the Dirting family at his uncle's house two miles away because nobody else could get a hold of him. He had no phone when he lived uh, where he lived. And that, I mean, so there's stories like that all over the place. You talked about Gleason, undersized guy, should have been a strong safety, just a great hitter, unbelievable linebacker, what he did, you know, and he grew up. He had a relationship. Gonzaga Prep here in Spokane, loved the Cougs, one of the all-time great people, and, and what he's done. You know, with uh, you know, with his sickness, mm-hmm. has been incredible. I mean, he's gotten a you know congressional medal for. I mean, how do you find people like that? For goodness' sakes, that you want to build a program, you start with Steve Gleason. You start with Will Durning. Period. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll see if it changes. I mean, I, I'd like to see some guys with with ties to school be on the staff. I mean, you know, I, I you mentioned Tim Rosenball. Who's the there, there's an offensive lineman that I'm blanking on from those Rose Bowl years with Price that is an assistant. Oh, check. Well, I'll check, and then you also have yeah. another guy that's coaching at Oklahoma State uh, that was an offensive lineman yeah. on the 97 team. Yeah, I, yep. I, it's stuff like that. I would like to see some of those guys come home. I mean, obviously Mike Leach has got his guys. He wants to go with it. But um, I think that would help help the problem. I, I would say this about Mike Leach. The, um, you know, I don't want – they're never going to fire him. I mean, they, they wouldn't fire him. Uh, I will say this, and, and I think this – I hope – it doesn't make me a bad fan. I hope it doesn't make me a bad fan. If he were to leave to another program – uh, you know, there was the rumor of Ole Miss that turned out to be fake. Obviously, that job is still available. Uh, Arkansas, he, of course, has been linked to because of what Barry Switzer said, Missouri and things like that. Uh, we know that he has danced with this because two years ago he took a job. I mean, he, he signed a essentially a he letter. A commitment to Tennessee. Yes. A, a letter of intent or whatever you want to call it. He, he signed a deal. Um, you know, And then they went back and then they fired the AD and the, and the deal was off. So he is willing to leave. Um, and for whatever reason, your time runs out here. Maybe you want to be closer to home. He has a house, obviously, uh, in Key West in Florida, which is a, obviously a long travel from from Pullman. Um, if he were to go, I would be extremely thankful for what he did, and every Cougar fan should be. Uh, if, you're, if you're not, you're, you're crazy. But I'm not going to be heartbroken because I think that there is a time, I think, where you said it in your article that I read I think was spot on. This program has evolved. Uh, and is a much better place than it was when he took over, uh, with the with the with the you know the training facility, with the practice facility, 
with the uh, the new indoor facility that is going to be built uh, soon with the with the unbelievable generous donations that they had uh, from the pair of families, uh, the football stadium renovation, the direction, the leadership of, of Chun and Schultz. I would have confidence in those guys to find the right hire. It's a more attractive job than it's ever been. You have to keep in mind with Mike Leach, one of the reasons why and probably the main reason why you were able to get a, a man of his ilk was because he was radioactive. No one wanted to hire him. And that's yeah. that's why you got him. So um, He had an NCAA suit that was still yeah. pending. Nobody could hire him. So No institution could touch Mike Leach until that suit was done. There will be coaches. There will be coaches that will take the job. Now, and, and well, it will be a stepping stone. Tell me a program that isn't a stepping stone. Okay, tell me one. They're all stepping stones. Everyone leaves for something else, unless you're like Alabama or maybe Ohio State. Maybe. But those guys will even use it as stepping stones to go to the NFL. I mean, everything right. is. Um, you know, you've Washington is. Rick Neuheisel was continually looking for different jobs all the time. Uh, you know, Don James was approached. Now, did they leave? But he was. everyone moves on. So I would never get concerned about, well, we'll get a guy and he'll only be here for four or five years. Okay, fine. Then you know what? Maybe he leaves it in better hands and you find someone. I, I don't think it's 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 that hard uh, if you were to make a change. And I say this because, you know, I, I think I am to the point of a fan where I do want to see a little bit more game planning, Paul, on Saturdays. You know, I, I'd like to see a fullback maybe once or twice. I'd like to see the tight ends. I'd like to see play action. I'd like us to scheme something. I'd like to be more of a priority on defense and play that way. Um, you know, and, we, and weird things. Um, you know, I get a little jealous when I see the outpouring support that Chris Peterson has received from his players. Um, right. I, I wouldn't mind to see a Mike Leach or a head coach at, you know, on senior night. Embrace senior night and just not – mock senior night and put his arm around a kid and say, eh, I love that kid. And I'm going to miss that kid. He's meant a lot to the program, but you know, we don't get that. Well, let stuff. me, let me, let me say this, Pac. All right. Uh, you know, you, you look at what Ohio state did when urban Meyer left, they were better this year. Okay. You look at programs along those lines. That's what the Husky fans are hoping with Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson is a top five in the nation coach in terms of winning percentage, in terms of a quality human being, you know, a guy that you'd want to play for, you know, kind of, kind of program what he, what he did at Boise State made them relevant on the national level and rebuilt basically the Husky brand. You know, he did a hell of a job. Jimmy Lake coming in has been part of that staff twice. So he understands what's going on. But now it's a different deal when you're the head coach and not the defensive coordinator. you got a lot more moving pieces. The other thing I will say about Mike Leach, if he does leave, if he does stay, you know what you're going to get with Leach. You're going to get a lot of wins. You're going to get to go to bowl games. But you're going to have a tough time beating a rival because he, he's done it once, but he hasn't done it against Peterson. He's done it against uh, the old regime that got fired so Peterson could come in. I will say this. Nobody knew diddly about Mike Price when he came in from Weber State. He won two Pac-12 championships, went to the Rose Bowl, mm -hmm. okay? Mike Leach has not done that yet. Mike Leach has not won a Pac-12 North title, and Mike Leach has not won a championship game between the North and the South to go to the Rose Bowl, to go to a New Year's Day Bowl, to go to a Power Five you know, game along those lines. Everybody goes, who the hell is Mike Price? He turned out to be a pretty darn good coach. Yeah. He won the title twice.
And so Jim Walton, they didn't know squat about him. He was on a, he was an assistant on the staff and took a, you know, took him to a couple of bowl games, went off to Iowa state after he left Washington state. Same thing with Dennis Erickson. He went off and left WSU, went to Miami. He won two national titles, national titles at the university of Miami. Why? Because they have facilities, they have money, they have boosters. They have a completely different setup than what Washington state has. They have money. It makes a huge difference because you get facilities, you get great coaches. You can basically elevate the program financially. Washington State has to do it with smoke and mirrors in a lot of cases. And a lot of three-star guys that nobody knows about, a lot of coaches no one's ever heard of. So when they do go out and win, folks, bless yourself because it's not easy to do. No. And that's, that's the whole premise of what, you know, you're going to get what you wish for. If you want coaches to leave, you may not get a great coach to come in and replace him, or you may get a guy you've never heard of, hence Alex Grinch, who was never a defensive coordinator, things along those lines. You can go right down the list. What did uh, what did you make, of though, in, in the postgame interaction uh, between uh, Mike Leach and John Blanchett? I thought it was great. I love that he blistered Blanchett. I just had one problem with it. He made it personal. And, and you and I, Puck, I've had death threats. I've had guys yell and scream, you know, the little – the little dudes with the tinfoil on their head uh, living in their mommy's basement uh, when they come under some moniker that you don't know of. I don't care about those guys, you know, because for me, it is what it is. If you, you're, you puck, you come up and you say you're going to punch me in the head, I respect for you because you're telling me who you are, okay? Have the sack to do that. You know, if you're going to sack up and you're going to blister somebody, you know, have the, have the credence and credibility to do it under your name. And so for him, basically, he was tired. And this goes all the way back, you know, Blanchett's, venom and his prickliness goes all the way back to Mike Price when he was at Weber State and Blanchett was in Missoula working for the Missoulian covering the University of Montana they did not like each other back then they got into it back then and then when Mike uh, you know Price got the Washington State job it turns out that Blanchett then comes over ends up working for the Spokesman Review he's a very talented writer an award-winning writer I like John personally I don't like the fact that he takes a lot of shots at our school and that's the part that I like Mike calling him out for I just wish he would have done it without making it personal. That was my only concern on that attack. But I thought it was called for. I really did. Yeah, I, I you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think both things can be true here. I, I don't have – I think John is a talented writer. I think everyone will acknowledge that. The um, I don't have a problem with the question that he asked. Uh, I have no issue with it because I thought it was a ridiculous. You know, we haven't got into that one yet, but I thought it was a ridiculous statement by Leach, and and, and I bristle. He's used it twice now because uh, you on recruiting. It makes no difference. You have owned Oregon and Stanford the last five years. You've owned them and USC, and 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 they have routinely always had better recruiting classes than you. First of all, Washington's never had a top ten recruiting class, but that's besides the point. Um, it doesn't matter about recruits. Don't use that as an excuse. Don't 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 say that you don't care about the rankings, which you always do at come recruiting time. And why would I ever listen to those guys and what they say in their basement? And then come back after you lose to them again uh, for seven straight years and say, well, why are you guys surprised? They have a better recruits. One, you're 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 completely trashing your own recruits. But then you're saying that well, it matters now, but it doesn't matter in February when these when these rankings come out. You can't have it both ways. So I agree with John's assessment there. That was a great follow-up question by him. Asked by somebody else, I don't think it elicits that response. Uh, I don't know what his smirk was on his face or what, what his facial expression was when he asked. With that said, though, he's a sanctimonious troll. 
and he has been for 20 years. He has never written a one good article about that school ever, (laughs) ever. And he, and even in the good times, he still, I mean, he takes pride in saying that he's come up with the term Cougat. Like he just, he, you can't be a, 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 you cannot be a snarky take shots opinion writer. And then when someone comes back to you, take offense to it. You've he's built his entire career on calling people sanctimonious trolls. And then someone fired back to him. And then, well, I don't know if he's got offended by it, but everyone else has got offended by it. I mean, my guys, we were digging. We have a Washington State Borders, a radio board association calling for a public apology. I mean, what, what is this? I mean, come on. Not everyone's getting a juice box. Reporters and coaches <laughs> yell at each other all the time. Um, well, I, I think I'll say this, Puck. In terms of why Mike may have fired back, I think he was tired of getting beat up by the press about his recruiting classes always having to overachieve and being not three, four, five, ten, twelve, twenty-eight maybe. stars or whatever the heck it is. So he's getting beat up on that front for not having the recruiting class because he goes after a certain kind of dude that fits his needs for the air raid. Yeah. Okay, so that's one side. The other side, you exactly nailed when you talk about the twenty years and and the history of of. What the you know John Belanchet, the Spokesman Review, and those guys have done when it comes. Normally the coverage is really good. I go back with Harry Misseldine and and all those guys back in the day. Sure, they go out and have a beer with you for goodness sakes. You know, I mean, it, it's a completely different environment than it was back in the Stone Age. You know, when we played, in terms of working with sports writers, having relationships with them. Now it's it's almost adversarial, and it's you know it's. But but he is. So but think, the, my problem with John is he's made it that way for years. You know he's he's made it that way for years to routinely take shots from Spokane against Wazoo. He has made it personal through his columns throughout the years. Always has done it, and and then has never reciprocated to them when something goes right. I mean, it's almost as a shock when I read him if he writes anything of 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 any of any ilk that's positive. You know, and it's it, he's been a defender of Gonzaga over the years. Even when we've gone through, you know, recruiting, uh, you know, snafus with Gonzaga, we've got guys taking mushrooms. He doesn't write any anything bad about him. You, you can't have it both ways. To me, it being a student reading him for years and now into my forties, he's always made it personal with them. I, for one, am glad what Mike Leach said to him. So I, I'm I'm so glad that if someone finally called him out, it's not to say he's not a talented writer. And all of that, and he wasn't even wrong with what he asked. Uh, but yeah, I, I just uh, he just asked it. He asked it at the wrong time. He asked it in a very emotional environment after another loss. And Mike knows. And, and the other thing, I look at this as a positive: the fact that he I got fired up in the post yeah, game that's good. tells me he gives a crap about the Apple Cup. There you go. I didn't think he cared about it. He does. He cares deeply about how that, you know, that comes across. He hates losing to Washington, even though he likes Chris Peterson. He, th- this is an issue. So for me, it showed some passion and enthusiasm and excitement that he actually does give a darn about, uh, about that game between Washington and Washington State. Let's, uh, let's do this again maybe after, maybe after the bowl game. We find out what uh, bowl game they're playing in, and then uh, maybe a few more times during the offseason, especially we get to spring ball, and we start looking ahead to you know, who the quarterback is going to be. You know, maybe there's news on – you never know. We, we could do a mer- 
emergency one of these if, if Mike Leach uh, ends up taking another job or or what have you. But uh, I'll say this. This has been a blast doing this uh, every single week. Hopefully uh, the listeners enjoy it. Uh, you've got a tremendous amount of passion uh, for the school just like me. So it's, it's always a blast, Paul. Uh, I want to thank you for doing this uh, each and every week. Truly my honor, and from one sanctimonious troll to another, my friend. <laughs> Congratulations, and I enjoy talking uh, Washington State anytime we can do it, and I appreciate you giving me the uh, the opportunity to do this. It's been a blast. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it again uh, very, very soon after uh, certainly the bowl game and then uh, throughout the offseason. Uh, Paul Sorensen, uh, again, former uh, safety there at Washington State, All-American safety, and, of course, a member of the Washington State Cougars Hall of Fame. My name is uh, Jason Puckett. I am in the, uh, uh, the Ballard, uh, Laurel Heights. A neighborhood Hall of Fame for um, drinking on the porch. Uh, that's that's uh, that's my claim to fame. Uh, we hopefully uh, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, the podcast, Crimson Gray Podcast. You can find it up at sportsradiokjar.com. Also, uh, download the iHeartRadio app, and it's there as well. And if uh, you're on iTunes, just search Crimson and Gray Podcast. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.